This message was presented at the GYC 2012 conference in Seattle, Washington. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. We want to welcome all of you here uh, to our last session, How to Share Your Testimony. Uh, we've been talking about all different aspects, God's, God's work around you, uh, God's work in you, and God's work through you. Um, we've talked about the witness without words and just the experience of, you know, being able to, to share without even saying a word. And uh, now we're going to end with some powerful concepts looking into the future and the goal that we have and how testimony fits in with that. And so Ken's going to be sharing with us today. Just in case anyone's new and don't know, Ken uh, works as the youth director in Michigan and uh, loves, loves Jesus, I can tell, and also loves working with them, with youth uh, there. And I work in Southern California as the Student Literature Ministries Director. I work with canvassing programs and things like that there. So, But before we begin... Oh, <laughs> all the stories have been amazing to see how God can work. It's true. Um, let's pray that the Holy Spirit will be with us as we begin. Lord in heaven, we want to thank you and praise you uh, for bringing us through so many aspects of this conference already and for drawing us closer to you. Lord, I thank you for what you have been doing in our lives. I thank you that you're at work all around us and that we can tap into what you're doing, Lord. And we pray that you would continue to use us a part, as a part of that big plan that you have for the salvation of all of humanity. Uh, Father, I know that you want us to all be with you in heaven. And we pray that you would just continue to um, weave our testimony. Um, may it be that continuation of your work in us, um, and that we all might truly be there that day, all together, Lord in heaven. Um, please bless Ken as he shares in our hearts and our minds and our ears as we listen and understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Ooh, that's loud. I don't need a mic, really, do I? <laughs> uh, it's so good to be able to have spent this last few days with you. Um, you know, Jesus uh, is coming very, very soon. That's true, isn't it? Uh, I've been blessed by coming to GYC myself. The speakers uh, in the main auditorium there, uh, they have blessed me with God's Word, and I feel like they have been people that have spent time in prayer and that have humbled their hearts before the Lord and that God used them as an instrument to deliver a message. And I'm not the same person I was before I came. You know, I, I want to be uh, molding uh, my life, letting God mold it, let him shape me every day. Because uh, by nature, I'm a very selfish person. Um, that shouldn't surprise you. You should say, so am I. <laughs> you know? Um, I, I never realized that heaven was an unselfish destination. When I was a child, I grew up um, 
you know, when you come into the world, you, you don't say, oh, you know what? It's 3 a.m. in the morning and my diapers need changing. And I'm hungry, but I'm going to wait till my mother wakes up because she really needs her sleep. No, it's, ah, I'm hungry. You know, I'm, I'm what? What is happening to me? You know, we're, we're pretty selfish. We come into this sinful world uh, with that carnal nature. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Where's that found at? Romans? Where? Three? 23. Where's the next hope that you get? Romans, double it, 6, 23. <laughs> awesome. I know it. You know, um, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans six twenty three. You know, I was afraid of death growing up, you guys. I was afraid of the dark. Uh, I remember that when I was young, we had this basement. And... Uh, you know, this, this cellar, we kept all of our canning goods down there in that cellar. And there were cracks in the, um, in the walls, and snakes would come through in those cracks. And we had an old oil drum down there, and our, our uh, house was heated with oil. And we couldn't always afford oil. We were a very uh, poor family growing up. Uh, there were five kids. And there were, you know, uh, uh, two parents that loved the Lord and, and, and they believed that mom should raise the kids and not go to work. And so dad made the decision that, you know, he would work and we would just make do with what we had. They believed in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. And even though they didn't make a lot of money, they believed in tithe. And so, you know, we grew up um, poor, but, you know, we still were selfish. My brother and I, we, we used to fight, you know, this is my side of the car. You know, <laughs> he crossed the line, Dad. You know? <laughs> we, we were kids. What can I say? And, and, and we'd fight. And I remember going down in that attic, or down in the basement cellar, and my mom would say, go get a can of, you know, green beans or whatever. And, oh, and I wouldn't go. I, you know, I was younger than my brother anyway. And my brother was told to go down there. He'd say, come on with me. Come on. Oh, it's so fun down there. You know, and yeah, right. He'd finally get me to go down there, and he was bigger than me, and he would get the can, and he'd run up the stairs, shut the door, and turn the lights off. And I, ah! I could just see snakes crawling all around me, you know. I was scared to death. And uh, anyway, I, I, I just, uh, you know, I was afraid of death. Uh, I, I'd never been to a funeral. Um, a, a childhood friend of mine had died, and you know I didn't I didn't really know what that meant. But everybody was crying, and 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 I didn't like it, and and I didn't exactly know what that meant other than I would just never see her again, and I didn't really know why. So, you know, growing up. Um, you don't always get it. 
And, and so you, you think that the goal is heaven, a place. And, and you want to get to heaven because you don't want to go to hell. And so, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I, 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 it's about forgiveness. And, and so when I send, you know, okay, I could, I, 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 I could like it, but at night I'd have to say, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. And I wanted to make sure all my sins were forgiven because if I died in my sleep, I wanted to go to heaven. And so um, what fueled going to heaven, my desire to go to heaven, was my selfishness and not wanting to go to hell. And so as, you know, I, I shared with you some of my testimony, and you can understand a little bit of now why, you know, I, I did what I did, and, and but then I found Jesus. And, and, and now I, I no longer want to go to heaven because I don't want to go to hell. In fact... You know, I don't focus too much on wanting to go to heaven. I want you to open your Bibles to a a verse in John chapter 17. And get in groups of four to five and circle around and read that verse for a minute. John 17 verse 3. Yeah, and if you're in the same group, split up. Yes. John 17, verse 3. And if you're by yourself, you're not in a group. Okay? And if you're less than, if you're three or less, you're still not in a group. Go recruit. Get four or five. Come on, four or five. Include him. Okay, I'm going to give you just a few minutes to read that verse and discuss that verse with me, please. Okay, now I want you to go to Hebrews. I would like for you to go to the second chapter. And I would like for you to focus on the ninth verse. But uh, if you would like to... Uh, if you would, you could read 8 and 9, but focus on the ninth verse for me, okay? Okay, Heidi, would you take a mic around? And I want, uh, I want you to nominate somebody in your group that you think, wow, they had a really good answer, I'm nominating them, because they probably won't nominate themselves, Okay, you understand. All right? So, All right. who who would start? like to nominate somebody in their group uh, to tell me the relationship between John 17.3 and Hebrews 2.9? We have some pointing fingers here. Okay. Where do you want to start? <laughs> you, you go ahead. Go for it. All right. Yeah. 
Okay, we're going to start over here. Who's nominated? And not every group has to have someone. I, I, have I, want, I, I want there to be, well, this was a good answer. Or this, this blessed me. I, not every group. I'm not expecting every group to answer. No, for sure. Are there any nominations over here? Sure. Yeah? You want to share? Okay, Well, in uh, John, it's telling us that to, to know God, which is to have a very personal and intimate relationship with him, as when Adam knew Eve, they uh, didn't shake hands, they had a baby. <laughs> and so uh, uh, God wants to have that kind of relationship with us, a very personal, creative uh, relationship, and it tells us we will live eternally with him. And I think it ties into Hebrews because in Hebrews it's telling us about the character of God and his willingness to come down and to taste death for us. If we tasted the second death for ourselves, that would be all she wrote. But he tasted the second death for us and he can come back again because he's the, the great I am. He is life itself. And... Uh, so he's a God who wants us to share that eternal life uh, with him. He wants us to put on incorruption or immortality with him. Amen. Amen. Someone else want to share? Thank you so much. Anyone else nominated? Yeah? Are you the nominated person? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Please share. Um, these, I mean, this verse, both of them were very profound for me. I'm sure I've read them before. But, you know, sometimes when you read, you don't really read. Um, so for John 17, verse 3, what we got was that knowing Jesus is in itself eternal life. Amen. And it's not about heaven or hell, but that relationship you have with Jesus is a little bit of heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. And then in Hebrews, um, also a very powerful verse. You talked about death and being afraid of dying, and I think that kind of was what what motivated me to come to know the Lord was I don't want to go to hell, and I don't want all my kids to go either. Yeah. Um, But this says that because Jesus has already died for us, we don't have to. And so we don't have to be afraid of death. He already took that for us. Mm. So they were both very profound for me. Thank you for sharing these verses. Yes or no, is heaven a selfish destination? There's absolutely no self-centeredness in heaven. Can you see now why um, churches become very self-centered and selfish and indifferent? And because if the goal is getting to heaven... All right, we've got to work our way to get there. We've got to keep the commandments. Yes, we keep the commandments because we love Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, he says, keep my commandments. You can't love Jesus if you don't know him. You can't know Jesus if you don't spend time with him. And if you spend time with Jesus, your focus isn't going to be, oh, I've got to get to heaven now. I don't care about all you. I've got to get to heaven. Once I get there, once I'm assured of that, then I'll try to help you. You see, um, Jesus says in John chapter 17, verse 3, this is life eternal. 
And, and, and I'm like, whoa, life eternal equals what? Knowing Jesus. So when I wake up in the morning, what is my focus? God, can I get to heaven or God, can I get to know you? It, it, it is, is the time that you spend with Jesus quality or is it just informative? Getting knowledge and reading the word and having your devotions. That sounds like homework. Has your um, time with God become homework? Because your homework is going to lead to a test. Or it's due. And, and, and you know, if you die, if you should be hit by a car, God forbid, tonight. You know, what was your devotional life like? Well, you know, I never have liked homework. That I was assigned, that I had to do, that didn't interest me. Now, are there things, subjects that I really enjoy studying, and, and I love it, and, and it's not a burden. It doesn't feel like homework. I'm interested in that. And, and, and when we look at Hebrews chapter 2, Jesus making himself a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor. And he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. If you want to taste it yourself, you can taste it yourself. That's true. But I, I, I'm not freaking out every day now about whether or not I'm going to go to hell. I'm not focusing on, oh, I've got to try to get to heaven. I wake up in the morning, I say, Jesus, would you help me to get to know you? Would you give me the desire? Because that is the grace of God. You don't wake up in the morning with desire. Also, I'm like, okay, God, will you help me to get to bed early enough? Would you help me to, to be able to, you know, I don't want to eat pizza and have bad dreams and then, oh, I feel terrible. And what is the Adventist church, many of the members in the church, they're drinking coffee to get their day started. Why? You know, I think about this relationship with Jesus Christ and, and how it gets better and better every day. You know, my wife and I, we've been married since 1980, February the 2nd, 1980. And we love each other. We love spending time with each other. We go everywhere. We travel together. You know, I mean, we have fun together. I know when I was younger, I mean, I had a lot of energy when I was younger. Okay? And sometimes I'd, I'd come home and I'd hide in the closet. You know, and she'd come in the bedroom and I'd jump out, yeah, and scare her half to death. She got even with me once. She did that with me once. And I was like, where's Tam? I couldn't figure it out. But she waited. Ooh, girls are tactical. She waited. And then she got me. Good. I liked to have a heart attack. And I'm like, wow, you've got it in you. Way to go, girl. You know? But we have fun together. We talk. We share. Yes, we fight. We're opinionated. We're babies of the family. We, yes, we, we, no, I don't agree with that. Uh -uh. We're very opinionated. 
But you know what? We have a love for each other, and we have a respect for each other. And the older we get, the better marriage is, guys. I'm here to tell you, the older you get, if you put Jesus as the center of your marriage, the better everything gets. And you know, that's the way it is with Jesus. The, the more you get to know him, you know, you think you get to know him and, and, and he's given your, his life for you and you accept that and you're on fire, that fire doesn't have to go out. You can, you can spend time with Jesus more and more, but here is what the key is. He gives us exercise. It's called witnessing. It's called sharing him. What you share, he'll give you back and more. The more power you want in your life, the more prayer you should have in your life. The more you are given of God's grace and the more you share that, the more you're given back and you can't outgive God. I was uh, welding and I had given my heart to the Lord and I started putting uh, literature in my lunchbox. And, you know, I, I put desire of ages. Now, I, I wouldn't give away any literature that I hadn't already read. I would, I, I, I started reading my Bible, and I started reading the Desire of Ages. I read the whole Conflict of the Ages series. And I, I, I encourage you, if you have not read that series, read it. It's like five years worth of college in Bible curriculum. It's amazing. Start out with patriarchs and prophets, then prophets and kings. Oh, amazing books. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's uh, Desire of Ages and Acts of the Apostles. And then there's the Great Controversy. That's the Conflict of the Ages series, those five books. Oh, as you read those books, I would get so excited. I, I'd say, wow, I, I read my Bible, I don't know how many times, and I didn't get that. And I'm like, wow. How? And, and the stories, I love stories. And they started to stick into my mind. And, and I was like, wow, i got to share this. Hey, did you know this about David? And, and somebody's like, at work, what? Yeah, you know, David, King David. I don't even talk about the Bible, man. Well, you mean you've never read about King David? Oh, man, look at what he did. He had adultery with a woman. He killed this, guy, this girl's husband. And God forgave him because look how he repented. What an amazing God. Have you done anything that needs repenting of? I sure have. We can go to Jesus when we mess up. If, see, if you know Jesus, you don't stay away from communion. You know, when you have communion in your church, do you notice how many people aren't there? They have excuses to be other places. Why? Because they feel unworthy. They feel guilty if they partake of communion that, and, and, and they still live the life that they live. Well, you know what? When you mess up, um, don't you go to your parents or do you run from them? It depends on the relationship that you have. You know, I, I, man, when I make a mistake, Jesus already knows it, so I want to talk to him about it. God, I'm needing some help here because I'm really liking this. I know I'm liking it. I keep doing it. 
So would you change my DNA? Would you change my desire? You know, I'll tell you what. If you offered me a beer right now, it, it, wouldn't, even, it wouldn't even interest me. You too, right? Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right? But what could I offer you? Satan knows that in each one of your lives. What could I offer you? You know? Is it, is it a shopping spree? You know, is it, a, is it a bigger mirror so you can spend more time in it? Is it, is it money for toys? So you're, you're developing this ear to hear God's voice. And he's, he's working in your life and you're saying, God, I've got to share this with people. Now, I'm reading The Desire of Ages in my lunch hour. We have a half an hour. We're working, you know, I'm probably working a couple hundred feet off of the ground. I'm building a power plant, okay? And so you're working. It's lunchtime. You've got a half an hour to eat. You scarf your food down. And, 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 and I would sleep. I would, you know, you work all the hours that we would do. You try to get at least a 10-minute power nap. And, and so I would, I would lay down to sleep. And God says, why are you doing that? You know, go to bed earlier, whatever, you know. And, and, and so then I said, okay. So I'd start reading literature. And I was reading The Desire of Ages. And one of my helpers came up to me. He was 32 years old. He was older than I was. He was married and he had three kids. And he came up to me and he says, what are you reading? And I said, oh, it's The Desire of Ages. And he said, really? He said, um, what's that about? And I said, you've never read The Desire of Ages? He says, no, I don't read. You, you don't read your Bible? Well, no, I don't, I don't read my Bible. You know, I'm not going to say, I'm reading the Desire of Ages. I'm ashamed of it, so don't look at me. Yes, I read the Bible too. Come on, we don't have to be obnoxious, but we shouldn't be ashamed of who we are. Amen? There's power in, in reading the, the Word of God. And so I'm reading The Desire of Ages, and I'm starting to tell him about what I'm reading. And I, I'm telling him stories. Now he's wanting to hear every day. And then he comes to me, and he says, you know, Ken, he says, my life has fallen apart. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if my wife and I are going to get a divorce or not. The only reason why we've stayed together is because we have three kids, three girls. And he says, you know, it's not my wife's fault. She's running around on me right now. She's uh, going to bars at night, and she's being with other men. But it's not her fault. He, a few years back, I did it first. I started it first. And, and you know, she, uh, she forgave me and then got under her skin and said, well, if you're going to do it, I want you to know how it feels. Now my life is just a mess. And I'd say, hey, what would you think about Letting Jesus um, take a look and see if he can fix it. You know, I mean, you'd take your car to a mechanic, wouldn't you? <laughs> the best place to take a broken soul is to Jesus. And so I said, hey, I said, I want to give you this book. Will you start reading it? Would you make a commitment to start reading it? Guys, we need to ask people. We need to not be, you know, not be afraid to ask people. Do you know the people around you? Do you know how it is with their soul? Do you care? 
I want to ask you this. Are you praying for specific people? Has God laid a burden on your heart and you're praying? When I found out the interest in that young man, my first meeting, I began to start praying. And I said, God, would you please give me the words? I can't fix a soul. I can't do this. But Lord, you can. And I know I'm an instrument. And you can use me. You know, fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. And so, you know, I I would begin to pray. and, And God found out that I would let him work through me. And he started to do that. And this man, he would come back and he'd say, I'd say, Elton, you, you need to come to church with me this week. I said, you, you've got to. He, oh, okay, but I'm busy Sunday. Well, I don't go to church on Sunday. And he says, what? He says, yeah, I, I, I go to church on, on Sabbath. Sabbath? What's that? Well, in the Bible, it's the fourth commandment. You haven't read the fourth commandment either, have you? And he, he said, no, no I'm, I'm his boss. And, and, and we have a great relationship. And I said, man, look, let me show you something. This is really cool. Well, how come everybody else isn't doing that? I don't know. They aren't. But I want to follow the Bible. How about you? And you know what? Um, he said, well, okay, I'll, I'll, come, I'll come to church with you. I'll try it. That next week came. He didn't come. So on Monday morning, what happened? Oh, I messed up. I, uh, he had some excuse, you know. I'd say, now, Elton, if you want your soul fixed, God can fix this mess. Yeah, I messed up. I'm the one that started this. And he started going back in how he had cheated on his wife, and now she's cheating on him. And, you know, and this, this is problem. Say Satan wants you to think about the problem. I don't want to spend time thinking about the problem. I've got to think about the solution. You know, I don't, want to, I don't want to talk about all that stuff. You know, we spend so much time talking about the problem. Let's go to Jesus. Hey, I'm not a soul fixer, but Jesus says, let's pray right now. And he said, man, you believe this? I said, hey, let me tell you something. If God can save me, he can save everybody. And if you don't believe that, you're a Pharisee. I'm looking at you guys. If you think that your sins aren't as bad as anybody else's, as everyone else's, then your attitude around somebody that smokes... I was just in the elevator right now with a guy that smoked a joint. And, you know, I didn't think I was better than him. I wasn't like, ugh, this stupid law in Washington. Hello? We're all sinners. And we need to introduce people to Jesus. He is the Savior. So, never forget that. Elton, he he dressed up the best he could. He got in a nice pair of jeans and a white shirt. He had white socks and black shoes. And you know what? That was as good as you needed to get. Because he dressed up for Jesus. He thought that was what it was. And that was exactly what it was because that was from his heart. 
he came to church. And man, I'm, for the first time, for the first time, I started to listen to the service in a different way. I never had anybody come to church that I had invited to church before. And I was like, oh, I, I hope that person doesn't say this. I, I hope that person doesn't say that. Oh, no, here she comes. <laughs> you know, and you try to steer him around, you know. You try to navigate the, the ship lane, you know. You know the discouragers. There's two peoples in the church. There's two kinds of people. There's fillers and there's drainers, okay. People that will drain the life out of you. And people that will fill you with hope because they've spent time with Jesus. Two kinds of people in the Laodicean church. Laodiceans that don't have the gold tried in the fire. Or the ice have. And those that do. And so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm navigating him through this. And, and then I take him to my house for, for lunch. And we have a Bible study. And he goes home. And, and uh, you know, he, he, he does that a couple of times. And then he comes to work after a couple of, after a couple of weeks of going to church. And he says, man, he says, can you talk to my wife? Things are going really bad now. I don't know what's going to happen. And I said, what do you mean? Well, she thinks I'm messing around on her again. She does not believe I'm going to church. She thinks, what is going on with, her, with him? Because she says, why are you so nice? What's wrong with you? What is happening with you? You know, he was starting to fall in love with Jesus. And, you know, to a woman, she's, he's falling in love with a woman. And, and she senses it. Women are aware of this. And, and, you know, she's like, no, you aren't going to church. Don't even give me that. And they had knockdown, drag out fights. You are not going to church. Yes, the guy that uh, at work, the welder at work, he's taking me to church. It's on Saturday. No one goes to church on Saturday. You don't even lie like that. He says, you've got to bail me out. You've got to come and talk to my wife. And I says, I'm not going to do it. You're going to bring her to church with me. You're going to show her what we're doing. She won't come. Ask her. You didn't come until I asked you. He said, all right. He come back the next day. She's coming. She doesn't believe it, but she's coming. Now, and she thinks, I, oh, yeah, I've got you. I'm calling you out. I'm going with you. <laughs> You're taking me to that church on Saturday, right? So, here they come. And I said, oh, honey. I says, man, we, should we have people over? You know? And, and he's, he's got three girls. They're coming, too. And, and so we, we started, should we have a potluck? Should we have people over? You know, who should we have over? No, we, let, they, let's just have it with us. We, we, we want to just get to know them. And, and, and so, boy, she came to church that week, and I'll tell you what, she had a shield this big. She had a gun in one hand, you know, I mean, theoretically, you know, I'm talking hypothetically. I mean, she was, she had her jaw set. She was very skeptical. They got out of church. Oh, how are you, Mary? So nice to meet you. Here's my wife, Tammy. 
And, 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 and she's just like, you know, did he set me up? This is not real. Guys, I tell you what, they sat through a sermon that uh, I don't know if they got a blessing out of it or not. I didn't even hear much of the sermon. I'm so freaking out here. You know what I'm saying? I am so freaking out. I'm like, dear God, please. You know? Oh, you know, and I'm praying. Guys, do you have a love for souls? Can I say your name right? Thierry. Thierry? Did I say it right? Yeah. All right. Let's just suppose now that him and I could switch bodies. It's a crazy idea, hypothetical, but we could switch bodies. Okay? We switch bodies. You go back to South Africa in my body. Who's going to meet you at the airport? Are they going to recognize you? If I look like you. Yeah. No. But I'm going to recognize them, aren't I? Yeah. And what are, what, am I, what are you going to do in my body when you see them? Would you, would you give her a hug, your mom? Yeah. Would you give her a kiss? Yeah. Would you get slapped? <laughs> Why? Has his character changed? No. He is who he is. When you give your life to Jesus, does God's character change? Jesus is who he is. He's looking for the woman at the well. He's looking for Zacchaeus. I'd have to tell my wife when I opened our hotel room, honey, now I'm looking a lot different here, but I want to tell you, first of all, we were married in February 1980. You know, I'd have to tell her a lot before I'd get in that room, I guarantee you. If we switch bodies. Thank you. Are you beginning to understand, you see, when we let Jesus come into our lives and he transforms us, he changes us, he is Jesus. And it's no longer I, Paul says, but it's Christ that lives in me. Jesus, the hope of glory. (laughs) You know, why do you think that I... That I love Jesus. Don't you think that there are times when I, I, I get ready to go on the pulpit, you guys, and the devil flashes a, a thought back in my head from when I was da-da-da-da-da-da. And when I did da-da-da-da-da. And, and, and I could da-da-da-da. And I'm like, oh man, Ken, you are so unworthy. You shouldn't be up there. You guys, I am who I am. You don't see me wear a tie very much. I, I don't think that makes you holy. 
I'm not against it if you want to wear that. But to me, a tie is not a lot different than jewelry. It doesn't serve a whole lot of a purpose. Now, you know, I want Jesus in my life. I want to care for souls. I want to be transformed, changed. And when Mary got out of that sermon, she came over to our house and she, you know, wow, you guys, that isn't meat? No, it looks different, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, but it's not, it's not fake soybean. It's real soybean. It's not none of this fake soybean. This is real soybean. She's like, really? Yeah. And I said, oh, it's good, man. I'll tell you something. I used to eat a lot of uh, a cow, a dead cow. I used to eat a lot of all the other animals. And I, I said, man, this isn't going to give you cancer. She was blown away, that visit. She came back the next week. She came back the next week. We started Bible studies. Guys, I had my first Bible study. And then it came the day when I asked Elton. I said, hey, you know, you've been studying right along. You've been accepting the truth here. I said, you know... Have you really committed your life to Jesus Christ? Well, he's changed my life. I, I believe in him. I says, but have you given him your life? Let me tell you about what baptism means. It's entrance into his church. It's the beginning of a rebirth experience. And I started to talk to him about that. Guys, I'm a welder. And I'm telling you welder stories and, and when I was in the secular world. And, uh, because I started being a pastor the moment I gave my life to Jesus. You are all pastors called to shepherd people around you. Are you praying for souls are you allowing god to save people through you are is do you say jesus you know you can come into my heart i know revelation 23 20 says jesus is standing at the heart store and knocking you can come into my living room but you can't go into my bedroom you wouldn't like that don't go into my fridge either i'll fix you some veggie stuff don't look in that uh you want a cup of coffee uh, i guess you wouldn't have that I know what the spirit of prophecy says, but I don't agree with it, and so I'm going to drink my coffee. Guys, let me tell you something. Follow the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. You don't need that stuff. in your, 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 your body's the temple of God. Jesus won't drink coffee if he's living in your life. He's not going to eat meat today if he's living in your life. I don't care if you don't like me for saying it. It's the truth. Jesus is not going to be any different when he comes into your life. He's, he's going to work. He's going to begin to show you things. There's things that I'm doing right now that I shouldn't be doing, but I don't know yet. And tomorrow God's going to tell me about them, or today, or in the next couple seconds. And I've got to make a choice then. And I've got to say, okay, Lord, you can be Lord of my life. But I know the power of Jesus to change souls. Guys, if it's about heaven, then heaven is a selfish destination for you. 
because you don't want to go to hell. It's not about that because heaven is an unselfish destination. Never forget that day, you guys, when Elton, Mary, his three daughters, went into that watery grave and they were baptized. I was like, man, church took on a whole new meaning. I was sharing my faith everywhere. You, didn't, you wouldn't want to gas your car up next to my car if you didn't want to hear about the word. You know, I tell you, I know what Jesus can do. Don't tell me you're messed up and, and oh, I'm too messed up. I can't do this. I, I can't. Well, what, Jesus can't fix you? He can fix you. You know, I, I just want you guys to know that we have an amazing Savior. The last thing I wanted to tell you is a story that um, I was raised, um, at, my dad was a cult porter for 10 years when I was a little kid. And um, he was on his way home from a cult porter rally. And he was with the publishing director and another man, and they were on their way home. And all of a sudden, my dad just felt this impression, and this voice said, stop. And he yelled. He was in the back seat. And he said, stop the car. And they're like freaked out. What? What's happening? We need to go to that house right there. Why? Because I, I just feel compelled. God has just impressed me that I've got to knock on that door. They laughed and they said, yeah, come on, we got to go home. No, seriously, stop at that door. They, they turn around, pull in the driveway. My dad starts to knock. No one comes to the door. And he looks and there says, oh, maybe they didn't hear you. And, and they're making fun. And he's knocking. And they're saying, come on, let's go. He says, no, I'm not. Somebody's in there. Boom, boom, boom. Finally, the door just bursts open. And here's this lady. And she says, what do you want? And my dad says, ma'am, I'm a servant of the Most High God. He said, and I was impressed to stop by this house and share this book with you because I feel God has a message for you. She says, come in if you want to. My dad came in. Her, her house was deplorable. It was empty. It was lonely. It was dark. There was plastic covering the bathroom or, or the kitchen. And she went and got her kids, and when she opened that door, gas came out. She says, just a few minutes ago, I was in there with my kids. My dad shared with her about Jesus and his love for her. And she says, a few minutes ago, I was in there with my kids. You see, last night, my husband came home. He'd been running around on me. And he left with another woman with all this stuff. And he says, I'm not paying you a dime. He says, I'm leaving. He called her a no-good trash. And there she was with her kids. And she says, I said, life wasn't worth living. I don't have any money. I'm broke. And I wasn't going to kill myself. I taped off the, the kitchen. And she had turned the gas on. And my dad shared the love of Christ with her and gave her a set of books. 
That was a lot of money back then. He says, listen, he says, you don't have any money, I understand. If you ever get to the point where you do have money and you want to help someone else out, then that's fine. But here, you, these are yours. You guys, five months later, she, my dad, a call porter, doesn't make a lot of money, gets a letter, and here's, a, here's an envelope with some money in there about the books. And she said, I'm so grateful that you stopped by. Not only have I given my life to the Lord and have become a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, but now there are five families that I've been able to share Jesus with, and they're all coming to church. God has changed my life. He has found a way for us to be financially taken care of. He has helped my attitude. And, and, and here's my dad. My dad now is 81. He lives next door to me. And I asked him if I could share that story. Guys, Jesus is coming very, very soon. But we don't have to fear hell. When Jesus is in our lives, eternal life begins when? According to John 17, 3. Right now. Right now. We're running just a hair late. But Heidi's going to share something that we have a burden that we need you to write down. And so um, she's going to close with prayer. But thank you guys so much for um, the time that we've been able to share together today and this week. And uh, I just pray that because of your testimony that there will be many people in heaven. Amen. Thank you so much. Before, before we pray, uh, we have some paper and pens that we want to pass out. And uh, we'd like to take just a moment of silence to think of, you know, maybe the three to five to ten people in our lives uh, that we want to start praying for in the year 2013 uh, to minister to. Maybe it's someone that you see all the time and you always run into them and you always talk to them. Um, it, it could be someone that you don't really know, uh, an acquaintance, or it could be a family member uh, that you want to see come into a closer relationship with God. Um, but as we pray for the love of Jesus to pour into our hearts and to, into our, our minds for these people, um, praying for them will, will also increase our love for them. Um, seriously, the more and more I prayed for people, the more I experienced genuine love in my heart for them. And heaven became an unselfish destination um, to, to go to heaven and to bring as many people with me as possible. So as soon as you get a piece of paper, just pray in your mind and your heart. Think about those names, uh, someone that you're, you're wanting to, to see in heaven with you. And... You want to hear their testimony of how they came to know Jesus. Uh, you want to be a part of that testimony. Uh, write those names down. And then we'll take some time to pray um, as we go. If anyone needs a pen as well, David has pens. Okay, there's a few people over there that need pens. Um, awesome. We'll just take a minute or two to think about those names. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, 
Lord, you see every name on every paper in this room. And I know that you know everything about them. You've done so much already to work in their lives. You love them far more than we do, unfortunately. And Lord, we pray, claiming Romans 5.5, 5, that you would pour through your Holy Spirit, that you would pour love into our hearts. Father, that we would truly love like you do, and that as we interact with the people on this list, and as we pray for them and intercede for them, that our hearts would be filled with the same kind of love that you had, that, that made you willing to leave your comfort in heaven uh, to come down here to earth and to give your life. Lord, fill us with humble servant hearts, hearts of a soul winner. Lord, may our testimony become um, not just you saving us, but you using us to save others. Father, we pray that you would help our testimony to reach out and touch, touch more than just us, Father, and that we might all be together in heaven, Lord. Thank you so much for the blessing of knowing you. Help us to not keep it to ourselves, Lord, but to share this blessing with everyone that we meet. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources, visit us online at gycweb.org.